growing your business is going to require an increase in ad spend in marketing expenditure, right? Like hitting any business can stay busy for like a crew with very limited ad spend, uh, marketing budget with word of mouth and whatnot. But like to go to that next level, you really need to invest in marketing. So we want to be smart about it. Welcome to the painter growth podcast, where we help you scale your painting company in record time. Join us as we explore sales, marketing, hiring, finances, leadership, and more, everything that you need to know to scale and grow your painting business. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everybody? Mike Orickman here, founder of PainterGrowth.com, and you are listening to a unique episode of the Painter Growth Podcast. Um, this is, we have uh, our, a client of ours, uh, Gage Colprin here hailing from Kelowna, British Columbia. And we're going to do a little bit of a, a live coaching call. So hopefully you guys get some value out of this today. So what's up, Gage? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Mike. Um, yeah, like Mike really said, I'm in, uh, I'm in Kelowna, British Columbia. So up in, up in Canada. And yeah, I think this is the first coaching call that you're doing. Is that correct? I think second. I think I've done one other one on on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. I must have missed that episode. But yeah, no, I'm super excited. Uh, Excited to see what we're going to learn today. Um, Got my notepad ready to to take down some some steps to take and some action steps. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Perfect. So let's just let's just set the stage. Um, Tell us a bit about your business before you join the program, and then kind of like what you've what you've uh, grown into, how you've developed since being a part of uh, Painter Growth. So we're in month 14 of my business right now. And the first uh, six, seven months were pretty much identical. It was uh, about four or five of us continually running, running around like chickens with their head cut off, um, painting new builds construction primarily. Um, we still do a little bit of that, but um, since joining Blueprint, um, like our clientele has changed. The systems we use have definitely changed. Um, We've actually kind of switched to a sub model now based on some of the, uh, you know, the other people in, in the program that use that and have seen success. Um, probably the biggest thing is we are no longer like worried about the next month. Like we know the tools and we have, even if we're not necessarily taking those action steps at the moment, we can jump those. We, we can, we can put those into place real quickly. And we have a lot of contractors to, to talk to and yourself as well for advice around, you know, how to make sure we're picking up if we're having a slacky month. Awesome. And how's, uh, for context, how's this year going to shape out for total revenue? Yeah. So we're going to hit about 370, uh, 370,000 this year. Um, if we close this job that we're working on right now, um, we'll be around 373. So like I said, month 14, so we don't really have a 2022 for context. Um, but no, we were pretty happy with this year. Um, we've had some ups and downs of course. Um, but the goal is definitely to, uh, try and have a big next year hopefully 600,000 600k for next year yeah that's the goal nice you guys can do that for sure yeah for sure so tell me a little bit about what you um what you want to work on today so you said briefly um you're moving more to a subcontractor model right no yep. no more in-house employees Correct. um so just tell me about that yeah so we weirdly enough we actually got cold called by a subcontracting company sky runs two or three crews um, we had before had an in-house crew and a subcontracting crew, um, and the subs we had prior, they work with us sometimes like in-house. So they'll come and charge us hourly and join my crew. Basically, if we have a big job, um, super handy, great guys, really good painters, um, little on the pricier side. So it's tough to keep our margins high. And this new subcontractor, he primarily, 
um, does subcontracting, a little bit of contract work. And so it was, it almost sounded like a fake call because we just didn't really trust it, but we gave him a shot. We gave him an opportunity and he's kind of, he's always looking to take more work on. So we now have like the capacity to, to really just like sell our asses off and just get a bunch of work and, uh, and, you know, let, let those teams handle it. And so far, so far, so good. Um, obviously the little, the, the things you go there and you're, you check on the jobs and you you point things out. They always handle it. They do their touch-ups and that's slowly like decreased as we've done more jobs. So we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're new to the subcontracting world, but so far we really like it. Awesome. What kind of challenges are you facing right now with that switch? With that switch? Um, first is what to do with the newfound time. Um, they do such a good job. It's like, okay, I'm only working like, little bit now i got to make sure I, I fill my calendar with some with some high important uh activities so we can grow this thing um and then the communication like whenever you bring on a new team member i always find everybody's a little different in their communicating are they quick to reply are they never like uh, can you reach them after hours that sort of thing so we've had good communication with them it's just it's just getting used to it still and they've only been working with us for about uh you know probably less than 60 days so okay so a couple of things I want to dig into on this subs. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your uh, compensation model with them? Yeah, so the, um, they ask for a labor budget prior to starting. And we I make a work order based on every single thing we'll be painting in the um, project. And then um, we haven't really discussed it, but I just run a split. So I basically just budget them for 40% of the for, for labor. And then we're in charge of, of bringing materials. Okay. That's for a sub crew. That's excellent. Yeah. And they've been happy with a 40% so far. Yeah. Yeah. They actually gave me square foot price for new construction. And I was just thinking that's not, it's like too low. I'm worried that the, that the quality wouldn't be there if I was to pay. Like, I think they asked for a dollar 80 per floor square foot for a new construction build. And I was wow. like, so I basically said, well, I'll give you two, $2. Or I think it was two fifty on the first one. And uh, I'm like, in my mind, I'm hoping they'll use me as the preferred contractor in, in, in by doing that. And then also, you know, I, I can I can be a bit pickier and say, no, I'd like this to get redone or, you know, you didn't do enough prep here. And yep. I feel like I can, I can do that because I paid a little extra. Okay. Well, I mean, so for these subs, if you're making, you know, if you're making a 50% gross margin and yeah. it's a sub crew, um, and the quality is good. You know, there's no problems there, right? Run that all yeah. day. No, for sure. And that definitely, I think, I think we've been around 45 profit on, on their jobs, which is yeah. actually higher than our yearly average, even from our in-house crews. Um, so like we're, we'd obviously love to get to 50, but like, we're pretty happy with 45. Yeah. 45% gross beginning. profit is, is definitely, uh, you're in a good spot, right? You're in the zone. So yeah. communication has been a challenge. How did you onboard them and what types of expectations did you give them uh, during onboarding? How did, how did onboarding look with this, with this subcrew? Yeah. So he, they work really fast and they always have a lot of contract. They always have a lot of work going. So the first thing that was, that we dealt with, with communicating is we felt like we were bugging them by being there. And I think they eventually let off the, the, like they gave us a bit of breathing room there because they probably just saw we were a little eager and maybe a little nervous to be working with them. Um, so the first job we were there morning and afternoon for the first, I think it was only a two day job. We thought it was gonna be three and they finished it in two, which was great. 
Um, but it wasn't uh, super formal. We kind of said, okay, like you know, we have this project we were going to do ourselves. If you guys would like a shot at it, it's a new construction garage, not super complicated. Um, one door to get sprayed and a couple door frames. Um, go for it. And they knocked it out. So from there, we you know we kept giving them jobs. I think it was like a job a week ish, which they have big crews. They can slam them out a lot quicker than we can. And uh, yeah, I think there's at the beginning it was more like. Are you going to be there at eight or, or like, am I supposed to be asking you that? Like, I know I have got the work order here for you, but it's like, that mean, it's your job now. So I think they're more uh, used to the subcontracting, subcontracting than we are. So I felt like a little bit like the underdog in there or like the one who didn't know as much maybe. Mm -hmm. And what's the now feedback been from your clients? Everything's been positive. I think we've mostly done new construction for them. So it's okay. not as, you know, you're not as really that close with the homeowner themselves. You're more, you know, they've talked with the GC and the guy that I speak with is, you know, he's got really good, like he's got really good English. He's super friendly. He always greets me. Hey Gage, how's your day going? So like, I, I feel pretty confident leaving him to talk to a client. Maybe some of the painters there that are for, that working for him, not as much, just not as charismatic and outgoing, mm -hmm. but um, if city is on the crew, then we're good. Yeah, as long as they have a crew lead who can communicate adequately. Yeah. Totally fair. Yep. Yeah. So when you say communication has been uh, one of the challenges challenges using these sub crews or moving to a sub model, um, how has that like manifested? Like what type of communication challenges have you have you seen? Yeah, I think it got better. I think now I've know to relax a little bit and just communicate once a day, maybe. Um but before, like I would send messages in the morning or I'd give a call and there wouldn't be a, an answer. And then I'd get an answer back a few hours later. And I think most of that stemmed from that early few projects where we're just like, please don't go there and just like shoot, like wreck this relationship for us. Um, what's that going to look like? So now that we know how they work, we can sort of picture like what's going on and like, okay, he's probably going to follow up with me in the afternoon once he's got all his crews out and they're all painting and he's probably going to start going around and start doing his checks. And that's when uh, that's when we'll connect. Um, so I think just finding that cadence was probably the the difficult part. And now that we have yeah. it, um, it's not as much of an issue. I don't think it's actually an issue. So I mean, I, did you did you share any sort of like um, expectations document or employee expectations when you brought them on? No, we've we do detailed work orders for sure. Um, in there is like it goes down to like what prep we're using, what caulking I'll be dropping off to make sure we do the prep and stuff like that. I don't know if it gets read all the way, but so far they've, they've done everything we've asked. Um, mm -hmm. and when we check on the jobs, it's good, but the expectations thing was just something that, you know, we didn't, we didn't have going in with our current in-house guys. And so it wasn't something I was easily able to like whip up for them. Mm -hmm. So one of the, like when you bring on a painter or a subcontractor in this mm -hmm. case, um, when you bring that person on, say they're a subcontractor, um, you sure. want them to basically have like, you know, you have an interview with them. Like number one, you, when you bring on a subcontractor, you should absolutely interview them or the crew lead in that case. Um, and then they have two things to sign. One is their independent contract agreement and one are their expectations. <laughs> right. Um, and actually in blueprint, we have an expectations document that you can use and I just pulled it up here, but basically, um, you'll modify these expectations to fit what you actually want these these uh your painters to do and then you have them sign it so you okay. will work a minimum 40 hours per week we arrive on site at 7 45 unless otherwise indicated 
Um, if we're doing exteriors and it rains during the week, you're expected to catch up hours during the weekend. Um, if a job finishes before noon on one day, be prepared to move to a new job the same day. Um, provide minimum two weeks, show up on time to job sites, wear company shirts, steel-toed boots, wear boot socks when indoors, no smoking on all job sites. And then you can add other things like um, don't use the client's towels, um, you know, do things like that, right? Wash your brushes outside, whatever the, whatever um, regulations you feel that you need in the business because of problems yep. that you've encountered, you want to have those there. Um, and then, you know, your, your payments and your hours and your paint uh, uh, efficiency and then customer details and stuff. You want all of that on an expectations document for them to sign. They get a copy and then you get a copy. Yep. That way, there's no miscommunications on on where the expectations should have been. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually something I'm going to bring up with our current crew, even though it's a little late. Um, but it, I think they would perceive it well now. I was probably nervous to do that at the beginning. But just so that we're all on the same page, it's kind of like how I will. Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, there's like another, if you were looking in our, in our chat, um, internal chat, there was another uh client over in new york he has two painters that he's recently brought on and he's struggling with both of them right now and he asked yeah, he asked should i should i fire these two painters and start over or is there something that we should do and then after digging into it a little bit he's he we realized that we found that he never set proper expectation with his paint expectations with his painters when they came on in the first place yeah so they didn't know that they started eight right maybe you said it verbally but it wasn't in writing they don't know that no. you don't take 15 minute smoke breaks every hour because it wasn't in writing. Yeah, no, that's exactly, that's a good point. Um, yeah, we probably have not nearly enough in writing. So that's something I'll definitely do right away. Yeah, and it's never too late to, to create expectations document. Honestly, these days with like ChatGPT, right. you can just like throw it in ChatGPT, create an expectations document for a painter. I might yeah. get a small painting company and then boom, you'll get it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna do it for sure. Yeah, I'm grab the one from the file section. Um, I think Jesse and, uh, had a good one for his subcontractors too. Um, yeah, the look back. It was it was in Slack at one point, so I'll take a look. Yeah, at we that. put everything in the shared resources folder that gets shared in there, so I'm sure you can yeah. find it. Um, if not, let me know. Um, so that's you know back to your challenges, um, communication, moving to a sub thing. The other thing that you said, I mean, before I move on, any yeah. other challenges with these subs? Um, or does it feel like in general, do you feel like these subs are going to be adequate to use on uh, res repaints as well? Yeah, I think um, like, again, they have a lot of crews. I don't always know who's going to be there. So if the team lead is there, I'd be pretty much comfortable putting him anywhere. Um, if he was to like drop off his painters and leave them there for the day, I'm not 100% sure yet. It's not something we've tried. Um, but certainly, certainly for the exterior season, they have like a, they have a boom, like they have a, um, yeah, they have a 60 foot boom that they own and keep all the time. Amazing. So yeah, I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll keep this relationship going. That's for sure. When you get to that, um, that level where you want to bring them to res like on more crews and you're using them on two or three crews at a time, I yep. think it would be probably a reasonable thing to do to just invite him and his whole crew, like to your house for a barbecue or out for dinner or something just to get to know them a little bit better. Yeah, no, I think for sure. Um, Trevor's met with, so Trevor's my business partner and uh, like we've met them with them many times and we've started to like really give them lots of work and they're making us lots of money. And we're like, we definitely need to give back and make sure that this is something that we nurture, not just something that we like use and don't put focus to. 
So um, that'll be something we definitely get doing in here in the new year. We should have done it for Christmas, but it was such a busy month. Uh, we just, just ran out of time, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, definitely for the relationship, but also for um, just getting to know who the other painters are. So you can get to that point where you right. do feel comfortable about them splitting up to two yeah. or even three crews working for you. Yeah, that's good. And then you can communicate the expectations directly with all of them. Yeah, good idea. That's for sure. So the other thing that you mentioned is what to do with this newfound time. So you found the <laughs> sub crew. Um, they're crushing it. They're taking a lot of work off of your plate, which must feel really good. Yeah, it is nice for sure. Um, what have you What have you been doing with your time so far? Like, you just, just crushing reels, or so, <laughs> sometimes I guess maybe, but no, not not overly. Um, I in November was pretty boring. Like, we definitely got really slow, and then they were taking both, you know, almost all the work, and so that's where I found this. Like, what do I do with this time? December got so busy. We had them working. We had our other sub crew working and then me and Trevor were taking on a job site. So we had three jobs going pretty much all December, um, which is great for cash flow and everything. Cause now like we're in the business and we're not really paid as the painters. So the margin on those is great. Um, but now going into the new year, like we haven't booked any work since before Christmas. So we're have less of a pipeline coming up. So now it's more like, okay, let's delegate this because they're doing such a good job with production. And let's put our focus into, you know, marketing and sales. Perfect. That's primarily. Yeah. So, I mean, to hit 600K in a year, um, that's about 50K a month, right? Do you want to do that more smooth, kind of like 50K every month or a little bit? Like, do you want to swell up during the summer months? We swell up naturally over the summer months. And like another one of our goals for this year was to have a million dollar run rate for a month. Like we want to have an 83K month. Yeah. Um, Last year we had a 50, like this year we had a 53K month and it was definitely hectic. But I mean, if that was all in-house, me on the tools, not, not as many systems, we can definitely do better. So um, we're okay with a little bit of swelling. And then if it's a really good summer, like we like this fall, we didn't have to really put too much pressure on ourselves. We had a good summer. Yeah. Um, and that's when we started trying out the sub stuff. So there'll be maybe some more fun things to try in the fall. But yeah, I think, I think somewhat consistent like 40 in the winter is is still cool and then you know 60 70 yeah. maybe an 80k month in the summer what's your average job size over 2023 over 2023 it was just under four thousand. got 3800 okay so we'll, we'll actually say 3800 so if our average job size is 3800 and we want to get to 600k we're looking at uh what was that sixty thousand? so that's 158 jobs a lot of jobs. We did, we did 105 this year. Okay. Oh, this is going to be walking the park, man. So, <laughs> 158 jobs. And what is your close rate on estimates? It's high. It's 60. 60. Okay. Let's say it's 50. Let's go down to 50. Okay. Sure. I do need to raise my price a little bit. So, that's probably 50 is probably more accurate if I was okay. to raise price. 316 estimates. And then do you know what your lead slippage rate is? I don't track lead slippage well. I've tried okay. a couple of times. I track my estimates because I use Paint Scout and it does such a good job of it, but I don't track slippage. Okay. So let's just say it's 30%. Okay. So if we go 316 estimates times 1.3, we're looking at 410 leads. Now, if we equalize that over 12 months, we're looking at 34 leads a month. 
or 26 estimates per month. That's not too bad. Yeah. Um, that comes down to 7.9, eight, eight leads per week or six estimates per week. All right. That doesn't really sound like too much, eh? <laughs> yeah, it sounds pretty easy. I mean, yeah. without like the beginning of the year, I was probably doing near that, like in the summer months, I was probably doing it's an estimate a day, let's call it. Um, I'd probably line up a few of them for Friday and Saturday because that was easier to do. But um, but now that I don't have to paint and I, and I like painting, like that's one tricky thing is that I, the, when I come home and feel the most refreshed and like I worked hard for the day, it's when I was out there like painting and it was a good day of painting. So it's a little bit tricky for me to like completely give it up, but I know that it's going to get busy enough that it's like, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to. So, so I'll help you with, I'll help you re change those expectations. Um, yeah. <laughs> the time when I was running my painting business, the time where I felt the most refreshed was on Sunday afternoons when I spent, I had two hours every Sunday dedicated to job costing. And okay. that's when I would figure out how much money I made that week. Yeah. That was my favorite time of the week. And I, I didn't paint after my first year in business, but every okay. Sunday I would spend two hours and I would do my job costs and I'd be like, dang, I made eight grand this week, or I made 10 grand this week. And if you know those numbers and you're consistently job costing, you see how much profit you're making from these jobs that you're not working on. Right. It's going to, it's going to like, at least for me, it was like addictive. I was like, I want, okay. I want to do more. I want to make 12K in a week. I want to make 15K in a week. I want to make 20K in a week profit. And uh, it's, it's possible. And as long as you do that and you look at like the, the, the high leverage activities that you can be doing as a business owner instead of yeah. painting, even though painting feels productive, yeah. if you can go from six estimates per week to 12 estimates per week, you know, given everything the same, that's now $1.2 million business. Right. right. And what are you taking home now as a business owner making doing 1.2 million in a year? Yeah. Right. It's not even the same. It's not even the same business. Right. It's, yeah. No, for sure. So um, this is, I guess, a lesson in, in leverage. Right. So, yeah. so when you're talking about like, you know, not being sure of what the things are that you should be doing, it's like, what are the what are the levers? Because right? that's where leverage comes from. What are the levers that you can pull to basically grow faster? And right. so for, for a painting business, it's relatively simple. Leads, yeah. estimates, sales. And painters um and as long as you have an abundance of those those four things really like the sky's the limit sure as you grow you're going to need some other things you're going to need this need a sales rep eventually you're going to need a production manager eventually you're going to need a bookkeeper admin person maybe a sales uh, assistant to help with lead follow-up and whatnot um but in general it's a pretty scalable model so what For can sure. we do to impact those and even that at like 12 estimates a week you don't need a sales rep no no, I, yeah, for sure. I think, I think there was, uh, Steve Burnett said like a, a good salesperson who's, who could run, could sell and run like up to 1.5 million. Like if you're a really, really hard at it, like entrepreneur, and I don't know, like I'm definitely not like born to do this by any means, but I definitely like to work hard. Like I feel mm -hmm. not necessarily like when the cash hits the account, but more just like come home and I had a crazy day and like everything kind of went way we wanted it to at the end of the day it feels good so i know i have that personality that enjoys this but i, de I definitely know we can handle a lot more i'm just i'm definitely doing too much in the business that i shouldn't be doing. 
that's one yeah. thing I definitely am not. I mean, Brad about. Ellison, he's a uh, mm-hmm. lead sales rep in his oh, company, right. Ellison Painting. Um, and he's, I think he, I talked to him about a month ago and he was on track to do about 1.9 himself. Right. Yeah. And like he's he five estimates a day. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's just like, it, it's totally possible if that's, if, sure. if you structure your day so that you're not in the weeds. Right. Yeah. So um, now we can talk about two things. So one is like demand generation. And then the other one is going to be uh, your time. So what do you what think? What was the first one there? Sorry. Demand generation. So creating demand, getting leads. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and then your time. Uh, so right now, do you feel like you are unnecessarily, and you said you're not kind of, so you have extra time, but do you feel like you're like everything kind of like relies on you in the business? Um, every month it's less so. So Trevor's been, he, he started in the painting business when I got back started. So 14 months ago, he was my first employee and now he's my business partner. And so every month, you know, he's taking on more responsibility. What's his role? His role, he's, he's the project manager at the end of the day. Like he's the one checking on the subs and, and then he's obviously, we're still, we're still painting a little bit here and there. So he would be in terms of in-house, he's doing the most work. So he should be handling the customer communications, scheduling the jobs, dealing with the subs. Um, and then you're just responsible for making sure that they have more work coming. That's, that's, yeah, that's the goal for sure. Okay. We haven't got there yet, but that's definitely in the works. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the appropriate division of labor. <clears throat> right. I would probably say, you know, on top of your plate would also be the administrative, right. The, um, yep. managing the bookkeeper, uh, managing margins, things like that. And, uh, and, and Trevor just manages everything production related. Yeah. I think as we grow, he would be like a pretty, pretty good general manager, like yep. checking in with like, he's more that type. I'm more of like a sales oriented, like outgoing style person. And he'll, he'll have a more critical eye of things and, and kind of be the lookout for us to make sure we're not getting screwed over anywhere. So I think he would make a good, like, again, he's a year into the, the painting industry. And so there's still a lot of questions around a lot of things, but um, he's fantastic. So yeah, I think he would be a great GM. Perfect. So then it comes down to demand generation, actually getting the leads, right? So we're looking at, you know, eight leads per week, 34 leads per month. Um, what, how many leads did you get in December? In it's December, hat, I think. Yeah, yeah, I won that on your, on your things. Um, I think I gave 12 estimates in, in December. Okay. I gave 13 estimates in December. I gave 13 estimates in December so far, and I don't have any booked for this week so far. Um, okay. And leads, I mean, we could add up one or two that didn't work into estimates, but I How usually try to- How many estimates did you book so far? I booked seven, seven. Seven of those? Yeah. For how much revenue? For 26K. 26k um that's awesome man. that's a great december mm-hmm. and we produced so about 35 where did and are those what's the ratio of new builds versus repaints yeah in the winter we definitely have a higher um new build um i have to I'd have to go into each one to see which which of them are but um we consider new builds when, and when it's a reno as well they are a bit more favorable. Like we don't have to prime new drywall. It's a little bit of a simpler job. It can be handled by most, like it's just not as, not as many problems come up, I find. Um, so a lot of ours right now we're getting from designers. 
Um, and that seems to be like, that was December right now. It was like three, three kind of rental projects that they're yeah. big average job sizes. Um, they're fine margins cause they're not straight from a builder. And that kind of seems, seems to be our sweet spot. So did you have these relationships with interior designers before? Yeah. So through my B and I, um, there's an interior designer there and she works at a, a big firm in Kelowna. There's 20 of them. And so she's been amazing. She's gotten me, like I work for her and two others now through this, it's called Isabi. Okay. And then, and then I have two other designers that I've just met through over the years and perfect. And they feed me work some somewhat consistently. Awesome. So when it comes to that number 34 leads a month, yeah. You know, you have, you got about 15 leads in December. So basically you need to double your monthly leads right now. What are some of the things that you plan on starting up in January right now for lead generation? Yeah, we've been, we actually had this discussion yesterday, Trevor and I about, um, like we've tried hiring a door knocker, but really I do think the most effective is like me just using my time and going and hitting the doors. Um, that's my, that was my first job in, in the painting industry. I was a door knocker for students for student works and I was oh, pretty yeah. good at it. And then I started painting for them and I stopped door knocking and I probably should have not stopped ever, but, um, I have a hard time getting motivated to do it in the winter. It's just not as effective and it's usually gets you exterior work, which doesn't fill your pipeline at the moment, but it is like the quickest way to go out there and get a lead. Like I know I could book an estimate today if I just spent a few hours knocking on doors. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, it's a given. Um, but other than that, we have some organic Facebook that we could probably, you know, push a little harder on. We're not that consistent with our videos and, or, or pictures or before and afters. And then BNI has been a nice trusty one for us this fall. They've been fantastic. So they get us about, I would say about a le like an estimate a week um, for them. And the average job size is actually quite large. We we're just looking back at it. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, all good things. Are you doing any, are you doing any Facebook ads? I'm not, I mean, we'd be into it. Like right now our marketing is like percentage is so low. It's, it's, it's so nice to have majority referrals and yeah. a little door knocking from me and B and I that like, yeah, there's a cost to it, but it's definitely, it's definitely a nice, they're great estimates. They're really high close rate quality stuff. So going to Facebook and kind of spending time and money, I've been hesitant, even though I joined blueprint really thinking I was going to smash the button on the ads. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, growing your business is going to require an increase in ad spend in marketing expenditure, right? Like hitting any business can stay busy for like a crew with very limited ad spend. Uh, yeah. marketing budget with word of mouth and whatnot, but like to go to that next level, you really need to invest in marketing. So we want to be smart about it. And also we want to be smart about your time, right? So things like, you know, you, you've tried hiring a door knocker, um, and, uh, you're just good at it. So you should do it yourself. So that mindset, <laughs> how you said that, you know, how I just rephrased it, you smiling, uh, not the most effective use of your time, right? Sure. But in the short term, doing it yourself, doing the market, yeah. doing the door door marketing yourself, um, and, and really documenting what works. Mm -hmm. That is an effective use of your time right. and, and recruiting someone like a door to door marketer is a very high leverage activity that you can do for your business. Because if you spend 10 hours finding this person and they stick around for a year and they book you a quarter million dollars, like yeah. that was a good 10 hours well spent, but you want to look at recruiting as a marketing initiative. So, you know, if we haven't been able to find anybody yet, well, what happened? 
was the ad bad? Do I need to improve my offer? Do I, am I not looking in enough places? Am I not getting enough traffic? Do I not know how to interview? Are people not showing up to interviews? So am I not setting expectations? Um, are they not seeing success after you hire them? Is training wrong? Is scripting wrong? Should I be spending more time with them? Right? The fact that you can be successful in it means that you can find somebody else to be successful and train them in it. Yeah. That makes right. Sense. And if you hired two people that could do just as good as you, who now all of a sudden remove that need for motivation that you have because this is now their job and they could make 50, 60, 70 bucks an hour for yep. you, right? What does that do with your time? Yeah. Freeze it back up again. Exactly. So, yeah, no, you're, you're hitting it right on the head there. So, at so, so now let's look at the math, right? So, 3,800 yep. bucks. And I know anyone listening on, not everyone wants to do door to door and that's fine. You don't have to do door to door, but it can be an, ex it is an expected strategy if you, if you want to do it. So looking at the math, 3,800 bucks, average job size, 48% gross margin. Like we don't even need gross margin. So 3,800 bucks, um, say you want to stay at 7% cost of marketing. Sure. Right. So 7% of 3,800 is $266. So 266 bucks per job. And if you have a 50% close rate, that means you can spend $133 per estimate. Now, how many estimates do you get per hour when you go door to door? Yeah, in the good months, at least one. Mm -hmm. Good neighborhoods, two. Okay, sweet. So let's go one estimate per hour. And we can cap out at $133 per estimate. So that means we can pay our marketers $133 per hour if they get a quality estimate during that hour. Now, we don't have to pay them that much, but it's good to know that we can. So yeah. what we can do, and this is, this is where people really like their brains kind of explode because they don't realize like, it's like, oh, I should be paying my marketer just commission or like 10 bucks an hour plus 10 bucks a lead. It's like, I would pay a marketer in Kelowna. Mm -hmm. If that's our number, 133 is our top line, 30 bucks per hour base okay. plus 50 bucks per estimate. Right. And, and that $50 is only paid if it's booked, if it's like, if yeah, it's attended. Yeah. I go to it. Yeah. And that thirty dollar an hour base must be tracked with something like Strava. If you yep. use Strava, you track the route, they send you the map, you see they see all the neighborhoods they went to, you put that into your master map. You know, they work for three hours, they make 90 a base, they book three estimates, they make 150 commission, they make $240 working for three hours. Like it might not be the most fun work, but man, for like a 20-year-old extrovert, it's pretty good. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Maybe people say that like these Gen Z's don't work anymore, but if you can, if they can make a hundred bucks an hour, yeah. you can get them to work. <laughs> yeah. I have a question around that is I used to get paid when I booked the estimate. Like I think it was the next day. So if I went out and I got four estimates and I booked them all like the next day, he would send me, I think it was 20 bucks a lead back then. Um, what's your thought about, about when to pay them? Like, should I pay them with payroll or should I pay them? soon so that they're like an independent contractor in the states is a yeah. 1099 in canada it's a i don't remember what's it what's it in canada 1099 in the states w2s anyway whatever you can pay them as an independent contractor okay and um i just pay them weekly just at weekly. the end of each week friday yeah friday yeah. friday afternoon yeah just pay them and only pay them for the estimates that they that they that you attended that week which they booked got you they, okay um, so they booked one, but like it's a heavy, sorry. It's like if they booked one on a Friday, but at the 
estimates not till Tuesday. Like, don't pay them for that one yet. Pay exactly. them for the hours. Maybe, just but. set it up on your tracking form so that you pay them after you attend it. And then if something falls through, they don't get paid for it. And have them give them access to this tracking document as well so that they can see just with transparency um, yeah. which ones have been attended, which ones canceled, not attended. And just make sure to up that with, with outcomes so that there is some transparency in that role there. Okay. I love it. Right. And the more official that you can make the role feel, the higher chance you are going to have of them being successful and sticking around, right? Because I've hired marketers before. They've showed up for one job. They didn't take it seriously because I didn't take it seriously. Yeah. I gave off the impression like it was going to be a crappy job for them. So they felt like the job was going to be crappy and they didn't want to do it anymore, yeah. right? They, they feed off of your energy. So if you come in, it's like, hey, this is, a, this is an amazing opportunity. I want you to make $100 an hour. Do you want to make $100 an hour? Great. Well, this is what you get to do. You get to get exercise, you get to get fresh air and you get to get paid for it. You get to meet a whole bunch of great people in the community. How does that sound? Right. And for the right person, it sounds great for the wrong person. They're out of there immediately. And you don't have to even say like, oh, do you really want to go door to door? <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, the money um, should speak for itself. Hopefully. Exactly. Exactly. And um, I mean, your commitment to, to a, a solid base. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I didn't do base before. So I think that's one thing I could tweak for sure. And I think that would have maybe helped with a bit. I mean, there was a lot of reasons like when you were naming off the things that I could have done better. I was like, almost all of those I probably could have done a little better, yeah. especially around the managing after. So like we, I would be pretty good at getting the interview, get them started, do that first day with them. We find success together. Fantastic. And then it was just like silence. And they just, it, it, I was, I wasn't a great manager. And then they yeah. weren't, you know, they weren't a hundred, they weren't a hundred. And so if you're not in production, if you're off out of production for the most part, and yep. this is your job, uh, is managing this team, it becomes a lot easier because, mm -hmm. right. um, so, so same as with a painter, you should have a printed out, uh, expectations document for them. You should have yep. printed out training material. You should have a lanyard for them, a clipboard, ideally with a logo, um, for you guys, maybe yep. a beanie. If you're in a hot place, like a hat, polo shirt type yep. thing. Um, like make it a professional job for them and they will take sure. it. Uh, they will respect it. Um, and then in terms of management, you know, the first week you want to be with them for every single shift, right? If they're out three yeah. shifts of three hours each, you're there with them every single time you're with them until they're successful. Um, and then I would meet them face to face at least once a week after that. Maybe it's after their Friday shift for a beer and wings or something like that. Right. And, and ideally you keep, and you keep building your team, two marketers, three marketers, four marketers until like, I mean, it's really, it's so scalable. It's the easiest. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I watched my, team. I watched my franchisee for student works do it and just crush. Like he had a, he was rookie of the year for the Western Canada. And I was like, and that's kind of where I, I mean, I didn't think I was going to be doing this, but I saw it and I was like, yeah, there's something about this small business. Like there's such a simple thing and you could change out painting for a whole bunch of different little home service or even not even home service but when i saw him do it and i was like you can just go to door to door and just basically collect cash like this is crazy yeah. so that's why i started doing it with them and we would go yeah. we would go every night pretty much but most people don't like doing it because there's like the perception of it or just it does kind of suck it's not the most fun yeah. thing but i think there's like a there's, there's got to be a, a number of hours that you get over that like i would love mm -hmm. to talk with jesse Terrence, um like lead marketer because he sounds like a badass but yeah. Um, I, like, I definitely felt like that for a while and then it like just clicked and I got over it and I was, I also wasn't doing it in my hometown. Maybe that was a bit of a benefit, but like 
I could shove, I could just push anything off my shoulder, just brush it off. It's so easy after a while, but it did, it did take a while. Like we did it for months. So after a, a while of doing it, you finally get to the point where you're like, it's yeah, people, you don't, you don't experience success right away. It takes that time to figure out the scripting for your area, the cadence, yeah. the, even then, even which neighborhoods you should be going after. You need to learn all of those things. But, um, you know, if you're going out and you're booking a job every two hours, um, and that's, you know, if it's 2,600 bucks or $2,800 every two hours at a 45% profit margin, that's $630 of gross margin an hour. <laughs> so like, you know, that's how much you're making, uh, if you're doing it yourself at your rates, right? 50% yeah. close rate, 28%. And it's like, man, I'll go, I'll, there's a not much I won't do for $630 an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's super fair. Yeah. So, um, so definitely doing that. But I mean, I, first of all, I think the 600 K is going to be easy for you. Um, but, yeah, maybe I need to reevaluate, but looking beyond that, um, getting to that, you know, back to that 34 leads a month, I think you can use your door to door teams, get to 34 leads a month, um, by itself. But I do think you should have, um, some sort of base Facebook ad presence. Okay. And even if it's just like, you know, 20 bucks a day or something like that, I think 20 bucks a day is about 600 to $700 a month. Right. Um, and so even doing that, if you're able to get leads for, you know, 30, $40 each, it's just something, it's something else where people are seeing you in another spot and you can even be smart about it. You can be like hyper-targeted to the areas that you're, um, going door to door in. Yeah. So that's, that's, they see you on Facebook, yeah. they see your door hanger, they see your lawn sign, and then you knock at their door. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's Definitely. omnipresence for sure. Yeah, we've been we've talked about it. It's just not something that I'm familiar with, like door knocking. Yeah. yeah, I know that world. I don't know the Facebook world, but at least with 20 bucks a month or 20 bucks a day, I mean, um, yeah, that's not like a super high commitment. So it'd be good to test the waters there for sure. Yeah, and we've got our weekly calls with Joker every every uh, Thursday. Yeah. You can hop on. He'll help you get that set up. Okay. Now, um, going back to door to door, or really yep. any type of marketing. Um, the season should really determine what you're going to be advertising. And you've probably heard this before, like niching down or niching down. Yeah. So when you're going door to door, if you want interior work, just let that be known. Hey, this right. is Gage with, can't remember your painting company's name. GC, GC painting. GC painting company. Um, I wonder if that gets confused with like general contractors. Uh, I, th I did this years ago and all the time i'm like eh, this sucks <laughs> so we blew it but we'll we'll, we'll probably do a rebranding once we're once we're making yeah. a bunch of money. i i rebranded started this year is not as big of a deal as you think is that right oh maybe i'll yeah. do it then so um just make yeah. it be known like make all your marketing material and make all of your scripting just around the type of product project that you want hey this is gc right. painting we're interior painting specialists we're looking we're completing a few interior projects in your area right now are you looking to have any interior projects completed this season Right. And it's like, no, but we're actually thinking about getting our sign done this summer. Okay, great. Well, let's schedule that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if it's like, yes, actually we're doing a reno or whatever. So you can just, yeah. you can just kind of pull that out. And then, and then the, the, the door hangers that you have, the flyers that you have, you should have, have those all custom per season. So interior right. only flyer where you have before and afters of interiors, all the features and benefits of interiors, all the reasons why someone would get their interior painted that way when someone you know, is actually in the market for interior painting, they think about you. Yeah, I see so many people, they have their flyers. It's like, hey, we do 
and I'm sure you, whoever's listening to this, you've done this or are doing this. We do interior and exterior and cabinets and cabinets refacing and commercial and residential and light industrial. And we do like all of this, right? And we, or, or even better, they specialize in all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's pretty much impossible. So yeah, exactly. It's just like, a, it's, um, so if you can pick a, pick a niche, you don't even have to, you know, pigeonhole your whole company to that. It's just your marketing right. campaign. Yeah, for sure. Like, think of it this way. If you get a flyer in your mailbox for a furnace repair specialist and you're not in the market for furnace repair, you'll just throw it away. But as soon as you are in the market for furnace repair and you get that flyer for the furnace repair specialist at the same time, you're going to give them a call. Yeah. But now here's where it gets, it gets interesting. If a month later, that same company then sent you a flyer for a water heater repair specialist, do you think you would put it together, but they sent you a different specialization a month prior? Probably not. Probably not. No. The average customer thinks about you just as often as you think about that furnace repair guy. <laughs> yeah. They don't care. They don't think about don't you care. until they need you. And then when they need you, they need you now. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. I, we definitely don't have niche down uh, marketing materials. That's something you know, I probably put it on a few lists to do and just haven't got, haven't done it. So, um, I know the effect of it, even in BNI, like you have a weekly ask and the more specific I get, the more often I get like a referral for that. So I basically like botched, I said, we didn't hardly do any commercial jobs. Why bother? Yeah. Um, like advertising to that, right? Like, here's what I'm looking for. An interior residential paint job, even exactly. that could be niche down, but, but in the same breath, what you can do is you can put together a like a bifold brochure specifically for interior designers on how you right. work with their renovations that they manage. And then you can make another one specifically for realtors and property managers on how you support them with their commercial repaint work. And then you can right. make another one for builders, right? How your home building, like how you help home builders um, streamline their painting and work with the other trades so they don't have to worry about it or ever hire another painter again. Yeah. Right. So you make different marketing campaigns for different aspects of your business. And uh, that way you don't have to you don't have to specialize in any one thing. But the 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 end user is going to think that you do. Right. Right. And that's what people that, want. Yeah. yeah. Um, one way to think about this is like if you do you own your house or do you rent? I rent. OK. Picture you own your house. If sure. you had to get your roof fixed, like you need new shingles or whatever. Yeah. Would you call the company that does roofing, but they also do siding and lawns and toilet repair? Or would you no. call the company that only does roofing? Yeah, for sure. Right. Especially, so especially if you could like specialize in shingle repair or like shingle replacement versus like hard on stuff. Exactly. And then yeah. you know, that's why the marketing that you do for that uh, for each client, for each specific type of client really matters, right? We just want to show right. them that we... Uh, we have the right marketing material. Uh, we have the right messaging. We understand their needs and that we can, we can solve their problem, right? Same goes for like, if you're painting high end interior, you don't want to call the guy who has decks and fences on their flyers. Right. You want to call the guy who has a picture of a house that looks like theirs. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Like that's the trust. That's that conveys the trust. That makes sense. Um, so, I mean, that was, that was a lot, um, that we went through there. Um, 
how are you feeling right now? Like, what do you feel like you need to kind of focus on right now to, to be able to take what we talked about today and uh, really execute it in your business? Um, I think I've always like, I'm really well read. I've gone through all of your videos. Like I'm definitely, I know what there is to do. Taking it down into like bite-sized chunks that are like actionable is probably where I fall short. Um, so like taking the stuff we did today and like spending 15 minutes of being like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna know we're gonna find out where these subs like what these sub guys are really like. Like we're gonna take them out to dinner. Like what does that look like? We're just gonna take them out to dinner sometime that I don't have it planned. So like okay, you know, in January we're so I think it's taking all the things we talked about and really breaking them down even further. Like not something mm-hmm. we need to do you know, with somebody, but really making the steps in my own. And then I think the biggest focus is around leads. Like right now in my business, probably for the first time, um, like if we doubled leads, we double the business. Like we have basically everything in place to handle it. So that's pretty cool. It's pretty new to us. Um, so hiring a door knocker, again, break that down. Like, do I start with the ad? Do I start with, you know, where, where do I start with that? And then have the next steps there so I don't get stopped. So how I do that, well, I have a, so yeah. I use, uh, I use a notes app on my computer because okay. it goes to my phone and everything like that. Um, and I'll have a, a document with a backlog of projects. And every time I think about a new project that I need to do, say for you, bring it on a marketer. Uh, sure. So I put that as a project. And then when I have time to work on the business, I will open that up and look at my list of projects and decide which one is the most important one. I'll take it from there. And then I'll bring it into a Word document just on Google Drive and start writing out what needs to happen step by step. So bring it on a marketer. I need to create the ad. I need to create the compensation structure. I need to create my training materials. I need to order some uh, merch. I need to uh, figure out some neighborhoods, like whatever, like step by step as granular as possible. Make a checklist. And then you can start working through that. So look at that checklist. Look at your calendar. Schedule a couple of hours for that. And in, in your calendar, you say, this two hours is for exact specific thing. I'm going to be <clears throat> writing my ad for my door to door marketer during this period. Right. And cool. then that's the block schedule that we see in our calendar so that you go on there, do your day next day, next morning, next afternoon, that block comes. Yeah. It's like very clear what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And that, and it, it, the more specific that you can be, the more you will avoid that procrastination. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. I'm in. Well, I'm excited to see you do this and, uh, we should do uh we should do follow up in like six months. See how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Makes me nervous, but that's what I need for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, you're gonna be on office hours tomorrow, I hope. Yeah, you bet. And we'll see you there. And uh thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for being uh being transparent and vulnerable. And uh I hope that people get value out of it. And mm-hmm. yeah, you I hope somebody gets value and hopefully if anything they realize that you know there's dummies like me out there running a the company, so you guys totally can do it. Um, but I appreciate you having me on. You know, this was a great experience for me. And even just the preparation to get ready for this, like I think it got us going, me and me and Trevor. So we're super thankful for you and everything you do at Blueprint. So thanks. Okay. Well, 600K is going to be a walk in the park, so we might have to up those goals <laughs> if you want. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll, yeah, December 28th, 2024, we'll see where we're at. Okay. Sounds good, Gage. Cool. Take care, man. Thanks, Mike. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Painter Growth Podcast. If you want to grow your painting business, go to www.paintergrowth.com or click on the top link in the description. Talk soon.